0: Thanks so much for joining us today. The Bible reading for this message is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 22 from verse 1 to verse 6. Although it would be incredibly helpful if you read all the way back from 1 Samuel chapter 19 right the way through to chapter 23 to pick up the flow of the entire story. It would be great now if you could pause this video and go and read 1 Samuel 22 verses 1 to 6 and then come back and listen in. Christianity is not a visa that gets you into a country called pleasure or comfort. Hardship and stress, the kind that we're all having to deal with at the moment in our own unique way, are very much part of the Christian's journey. There's the common experience, and then there's the additional element of facing stress while trying to endure faithfully and counting it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. There is a suffering that will come to all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And all the while, God's grace is freely given, and Jesus paid the necessary sacrifice for us, and he promises us sufficient grace, and he gives more grace, Jesus himself taught, in the midst of all of that, that those who would follow him need to count the cost and expect to suffer. Part of that suffering and part of living in that world, the world that we all live in, is the reality of stress. The Bible is full of stories about real people who at times had to cope under great pressure. Elijah, Moses, Job, Jacob, Jeremiah, even Daniel are but a few that come to mind. Christian believers are not exempt from any of the stresses that affect all people. So do not think that you're exempt or will find uh, an instant fix to be a mature, emotionally stable person because you've put your trust in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 tells us, that the things that happened to God's people in the Old Testament happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. And so as we continue to go through our series, thinking about how God's grace is sufficient for us, that promise that Jesus makes and gives to Paul, and as we think about that promise in light of characters in the Bible, Paul, Abraham, this morning we come to the story of David. And we come to a time in the life of David uh, that people don't often go to. You know, they often go to uh, David and Goliath. That's the great Sunday school story. Or when David really badly messed up and uh, he had an affair with Bathsheba. Uh, We're not going to either of those two places. We're not going to the great victories that David won. Uh, We're going uh, to a little known story that takes place in a cave called Adulam. In 1 Samuel chapter 22. Now it's no accident that we've arrived here because we all know that at some point uh, in the last few months we have retreated into our caves. We have found ourselves to be uh, very much alone, uh, disconnected from the world around us, and still enduring much stress and pressure. And so that's what we're going to be considering from the life of David, is how did he cope in the midst of this time of stress? Now you might think, hey, he went and hid himself off in his man cave. No, that's not what he did. David wasn't hiding in his man cave, having a jolly old time. He was hiding from Saul. Here's what happens. This is the story of how David finds himself hiding out in a cave. Saul had been appointed the king of Israel, the first king of Israel. But at some point in his reign, he failed and God had decided that he would remove Saul as the king and his uh, children would not inherit that throne. Uh, God had sent Samuel to anoint David in the town of Bethlehem. David was the youngest of Jesse's seven sons. And so David is anointed. Then there's this war that takes place between uh, the Israelites and the Philistines. That's where the story of Goliath comes into play. David goes to deliver some food to his brothers. He hears the taunting. He says, I'll fight Goliath. He kills Goliath. The story carries on. He begins to get noticed. Uh, He's been anointed this king. Nobody knows about it because if Saul knows about it, David's gonna get killed. And David is, because of his heroics, brought into Saul's home. He's made commander in chief of the armies. He wins a bunch of incredibly uh, amazing battles. Uh, He becomes a hero and much loved by the people. And as his uh, star is sort of rising, Saul doesn't like it. So that he becomes, David becomes the object of Saul's hostility in the palace. So here this young man is, anointed by God to become the next king of Israel. He knows that. He begins to shine, and the current king, who holds all the power, wants him dead. And so in 1 Samuel 19 and 1 Samuel 20 and 1 Samuel 21, we meet David on the run. He's running away from Saul who's trying to kill him. In 1 Samuel 21, we find him starving, he goes to a priest, he asks for food, he goes for bread. In, in 1 Samuel, second half of 1 Samuel 21, he actually runs off to the Philistines because uh, he thinks that it's probably safer to be with the Philistines than it is to be in Saul's country. But it's so bad there that the Philistines uh, uh, know exactly who he is and David has to act like he's this insane person. He drools in his beard, that's part of the story. And then he flees, just barely gets away with his life. And that's where we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 22, where David finds himself hiding in this cave of Adullam. And I hope that as I painted that picture, you'll understand some of the stress that David was under as he was running for his life. That is real stress. He was scared for his life. But at the same time, understand that he was God's chosen king. He had been anointed. He was the, the Messiah as it were, God's anointed one, and yet he still faced that stress. He still feared for his life, even as God's chosen one. So we're going to consider the example that David is and how that applies or what it implies for us today, uh, not as God's Messiah, but certainly as God's chosen people, part of his family, saved by Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross. So let's tease out a couple of things. Also let me say now that this is a part one of two. David wrote a bunch of psalms, well at least two psalms, maybe three psalms while he was hiding out in that cave. Next week we're gonna look at those psalms that David wrote. This week we're just looking at the story, so make sure you tune back in for part two of this message. Let's have a look at some of the things that we see coming out of the story that are there for us as warnings as we deal and cope with the stress that we find ourselves in in our life. So we don't have all the details about exactly what it was that was contributing to David's stress, uh, but we do know this much. Uh, Six times in the narrative up to this point, we have been told of David escaping from Saul, and then we're also told uh, that he had escaped from the Philistines. At this point, David has nowhere to turn. He couldn't go home uh, because Saul would have gone and looked for him there. Uh, He he couldn't really go hide out anywhere else because he didn't know who were the king's uh, messengers. It's no wonder that he felt stressed. Uh, People wanted to kill him, and anybody that he came into contact with, they were as good as dead as well. Uh, And it's not a situation that's so far removed from us. No, you might not have somebody that's trying to kill you right now, at least I hope that you don't. If you do, let me know. Or don't let me know. So you might not be under stress because someone's trying to kill you, but we do know that the nature and flow of this world brings about various kinds of stresses. And at the moment, because we're living in unknown times with so much uncertainty around us and so many things pressing in on us, that brings about a certain level and a certain amount of stress. And with no release valve, that will have a way of building and building and building. And so it was in great distress that David took refuge in the cave of Adullam. And it's interesting that even in the cave, it's not like the stress went away. We've all retreated into our homes. It's not like the stress of life has gone away. In actual fact, it's intensified. You know, retreating into that cave for David, it was the last thing that he could possibly do. He was literally hiding out there for his life. We're all hiding out in our homes, hiding out from the virus, hiding out hoping that this time will pass. It's not such a big jump. And the reality is is that when your back is up against it, the stress really does begin to build within us. So what were some of the things that David was suffering from? Well, he was suffering physical stress. We know that he was hungry from 1 Samuel chapter 21. He was living rough in constant fear of capture. You can only imagine that he was having difficulty sleeping. How many of us aren't having difficulty sleeping uh, at the moment? and are finding ourselves to be increasingly exhausted, well, there was David. Uh, he would have had and been under some kind of financial and economic stress. He didn't have a steady income. He didn't have any income. He couldn't work his fields. He couldn't practice as a shepherd. Coping while under financial pressure is very difficult. David would have been completely out of any healthy routine or rhythm while on the run. He wouldn't have had the ability to be Uh, productive. He wouldn't have been able to work, to have leisure. You know, his productivity, as it were, was was taken from him. Although we will find, interestingly, like I said, he writes a bunch of Psalms during this time, Uh, so his creativity was still on tap and still accessible to him. David would have also been worried. We know he was worried about his family, knowing that Saul was ruthless and fearing that he would take revenge on his parents. David actually goes to the king of Moab in verses 3 and 4 of this chapter and asks him if he would be able to take uh, his parents in until such a time as things settle down and he would know what the Lord would have him do, what the Lord would do for him next. Of course, later on in 1 Samuel 22, verse 11 to 19, when he hears of the massacre that took place at Nob, Uh, He knew that his fears for his parents were were justified because those priests that had helped him, that entire town, that had just given him some bread and a sword, were slaughtered by the men of King Saul. And there's no doubt that David would have been under spiritual stress. And I think that we see that come out when we'll look at the Psalms next week. Uh, Because under that spiritual stress, we actually see where David turns and how he relates to God while being, and having, because he's got this question hanging over him. Am I not the chosen one? Am I not the one anointed to be king? Why are my enemies pursuing me? And why is God not bringing this to an end? So, that's the the, the first thing that we we need to understand about what was going on, about David's situation and the stress that he was under. But what we also have to understand is that God uses stress to get our attention. He used stress to form David into the king that he was uh, calling him to be. David becomes uh, referred to as a man after God's own heart. And it's in that pressure cooker that we discover that David is being formed to be the leader of God's people that God is calling him to be. And sometimes God does that with you and I. He might use stress in our life because he wants to slow us down. Sometimes God allows me to be in a stressful situation to make me slow down or even come to a stop. Perhaps he wants to help us to recognize our own limitations. And if we have an inflated opinion of ourselves, he reminds us that we are fallible. God uses it and wants us to understand Uh, what stress is like in order to enable us to help others when they find themselves in this condition. If we have never had difficulty in coping with our own stress, we, we we will never be able to empathize or sympathize with somebody who's dealing with their own. God uses stress to mold you into the person that he wants you to become. Uh, we, it's called creative stress, that sometimes God is using the stress in your life to create and to be creative in you, uh, to push you to that place where he knows that you can go, where he wants you to be. God also uses stress to drive us to himself, and I think that's what we see most clearly, Again. When we read those Psalms, so Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, if you want to get a head start on next week, God uses stress to drive us to himself. If God cannot reach us internally through his word uh, preached and read, if we refuse to listen to that word, he will get our attention by placing us in a difficult or unpleasant situation. After all, that's exactly what God did with Jonah. This was Jonah's experience inside the belly of the great fish that God sent to swallow him. It was from inside the fish that Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Jonah prayed in that place, and God finally had his attention. Although we don't have a lot of details, it's just a couple of verses, I think there are some things uh, that are very clear uh, that comes out of the change uh, that God is working in David's life. Uh, The first thing uh, that we see uh, very clearly is in verses 5 and 6, and that David is carefully listening to God. So he comes to the cave, he's in the cave, then he goes down to Moab, he makes this treaty with the king there to make sure his parents are looked after. Uh, Then the prophet Gad says to David, Do not remain in the stronghold, depart and go into the land of Judah, So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. Now it's really interesting. In the midst of the stress, David didn't stop listening to God. When the prophet Gad comes to David, he says to him, okay, go to Judah. Don't remain here, don't stay in the cave, don't go down to Moab, go back to Judah, to the dangerous place, to the place that is the cause of your stress, Don't run away from it. Go back into it. And it's interesting that David listened and David obeyed. So David departed and he went into the forest of Herod. He went back into Judah. The second thing that we see is David's incredible composure in the face of what is awful news you read right the way through 1 Samuel 22, you discover that the place that David had visited in the previous chapter, that the, the priest and the whole village is slaughtered by Saul's men. Uh, but one person escapes. But one of the sons of Elimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and he fled to David. And he told David exactly what had happened. Now you can only imagine that what that would have done to David's heart. It would have broken it. To know that he was the cause of all these people's death. But he turns in the midst of this terrible news and he says to Abiathar, Stay with me. Do not be afraid. For he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safe keeping." There's this picture that as um, this son of the slaughtered priest aligns himself with David, he will be safe. So too it is with us when we align ourselves with God's Messiah, with Jesus Christ, and when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, it's only in that place that we find true safety. But in the middle of that, we see that David doesn't break down. He doesn't have a pity party. He just says, come and be with me. That is David's composure in the midst of bad news. His calm response in the face of that news shows us that he had learned not to panic. Sometime, at some point, we will all have to face bad news. In the middle of stressful situations, we'll get worse news. Will you go to pieces then? Or like David, will you remain calm because you are living in the presence of God with his spirit in your life? The Bible says in Psalm 112, verse seven, that the person who fears the Lord will have no fear of bad news. The third thing we see is that in his distress, David turned to God. That's when he writes these Psalms. Psalm 57, David cries out to God for mercy. Psalm 142, David prays that the Lord would deliver him from his enemies. In Psalm 52, which is also around the same time, it's a psalm when Dog the Edomite goes to Saul, David praised God in expressing his trust in the Lord's love and his hope in the name of the Lord. Friends, the Bible tells us that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has ever conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And if you wait on him, he will turn your stress and your pain into something glorious. In Psalm 57 and verse two, we read, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. You see, David had come to understand that in the midst of his stress, God was fulfilling his purpose for David. What I want you to hear this morning is that in the midst of your stress, God is fulfilling his purpose for you. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you find yourself in, God is fulfilling his purpose because you have put your hope and your trust in him. But we also see from this, and just want to close with these three observations uh, that that uh, about David, is that in the middle of the story we see that firstly he he learned to appreciate his family that much more. So in 22 verse 1, he's hiding out in the cave and his family comes there. And what's incredible is that actually the last time he kind of had dealing with his family, it was a little bit rough. His older brother uh, didn't have anything nice to say about him um, and really put David down. So you kind of have these broken family relationships. And it's interesting that in the midst of stress, family is able to put difficulty aside and come together. Wherever you find yourself in your relationship with your family, your extended family, now in this time of stress is a great time to repair broken relationships or put aside differences to come together. David's family came to support him in the cave of Adullam and David learned to appreciate his family that much more. So he even goes and makes sure that his mother and his father are taken care of in this time. The second thing is that David in this time learned to welcome people uh, who in other circumstances he probably wouldn't have called his friends. Did you see who else came to the cave? Uh, And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him and he became captain over them and there were with him about 400 men. So these were the, these were the misfits, uh, these were the people who were in a lot of trouble, uh, they were in debt, uh, they were bitter in soul, uh, they were on the outs with King Saul as well, and they came to David. And so David sort of has this band of misfits. But it's a wonderful reminder, isn't it, of who it is uh, that God chooses to call to himself. Uh, not the powerful and not the wise, but the weak and the foolish. Think of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, not many of you were the things that this world thinks are valuable. But God doesn't choose the things that this world thinks are valuable important. He chooses according to his own will and purposes. And what do we know? That Jesus uh, came to set the captives free, uh, to make the blind see and the deaf to hear, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so we see foreshadowed uh, in David all those whom God would call to himself. But there's also something in there for us, isn't it? David didn't turn them away. David said, hey guys, bad time for me. My cave, I'm hiding out here. Please go find another cave to hide in. No, he welcomes them, he calls them to himself, he becomes their captain and he leads them. In our time of stress, It's not a time to go into ourselves and have a pity party. In actual fact, it's a time to look around and work out who it is that we can serve in the midst of our stress. Not who can help us, but who we can help. And finally, David learned what it looked like and what it meant and how to praise God from a position of great stress. David learns what Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now we're going to pick up more on that next week when we look at Psalm 57 and Psalm 142. Uh, but we, what we can't miss out on uh, in the story of David's life is that in the midst of his stress, he cried out to the Lord. In the midst of his stress, he pleaded for mercy. In the midst of his stress, he poured out his complaint and told the Lord all of his trouble. Such was his trust in the Lord. even though he didn't fully understand what it was that God was doing, even though uh, it, it, it may not have made sense, even though he thought to himself, I'm the anointed one, I am the chosen one, I am the king, why are these enemies standing against me? And more than that, why is the Lord doing this and allowing this to take place? David believed and said it out loud, that he cried out to God Most High, to to God who fulfills his purpose for me. God even uses our stress to fulfill his purpose in us, and we mustn't lose sight of that. We must keep our eyes fixed on the one who promises to give us rest. And we must remember that as we come to him he takes that burden from us and he puts his yoke on us and that yoke is light. That is the sufficient grace that we need in the times and in the midst of our stress. And so as we consider the life of David, as we think about everything that he had to face and everything that he had to endure and when he got to the end of it all, and even in the middle of it all, he was able to say uh, exactly what it was that he said about God and his relationship about God. Let him be an example, let him be an encouragement, let him be an inspiration. As you face uh, your stress, on, no, not Monday this week because that's public holiday, but as you face your stress on Tuesday this week, as you face your relational stress or your physical stress or your financial or economic stress or whatever it is stress it is that you are facing, know that God has a purpose for it and understand that He is doing something in it in you as He causes you and as He forms you to be more like Jesus Christ. Hope and pray that you will see your stress in a different light. Understand that you are not in this alone, that there is a great cloud of witnesses, a wonderful cloud of saints that have gone before us and that have endured, and that you too can endure in the midst of your stress. I also want to say, and it's a little bit of an aside, uh, but it does come through in these passages, that David had this incredible set of relationships, not just with God. You know, not just that horizontal relationship, but he, not vertical, not just the vertical relationship, but he also had these horizontal ones, his family, these people that came to be with him, uh, the prophet Gad that comes and speaks God's word to him. You know, the New Testament tells us uh, that we are to carry one another's burdens. And so if you feel that your stress is becoming too much, and you need someone else that you need to share with beyond uh, bringing it to the Lord, please know that there are brothers and sisters in Christ in Southern Cross Church who love and care for you deeply and who would be more than happy to help you in carrying the burden of your stress that you have at this time. Please don't stay silent. Please speak out and ask for help. Would you bow with me and let's pray. Our Lord God and Heavenly Father, help us to see our stress in a new light, to know that your grace is sufficient for that stress, Uh, to know that you still promise uh, to uh, give us rest. And so Lord, as we go through this time, uh, as we go through this time of silent stress and anxiety caused by COVID and the pandemic and life, we pray that you would be with us and that we would very much know your presence and that we too, uh, like David, Uh, would cry out to you, Lord, that you would give us mercy, that you would hear our complaints, that you would know our trouble, and that when our spirit is at risk of uh, fainting within us, uh, we would still say, Lord, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.